todo el mundo. Was really... 1881. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Stacey Lane Wilson, author of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series and director of the film The Ventures Stars on Guitars. You are listening to the Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast for people who love music from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And now, on to the show. Today's guest is one that I've been wanting to talk to for quite some time. Molly Rennick is the lead singer and front person of the goth pop influenced metal band Living Dead Girl. Their highly regarded debut album Exorcism came out a couple of years ago and charted via Billboard and now they have an EP of cover songs and are about to hit the road so we'll be talking about that and more. Welcome to the show Molly. Thank you. So I've seen a few articles stating that Living Dead Girl got its name from the Rob Zombie song. And then there's also the Living Dead Girl movie from 1982, a French horror flick. But I understand that the origin of your band's name is neither of those. So tell me how it came about. I actually got the name from a personal story. Uh, long story short, my mom told me when I was like 10 years old that when I was born, they thought I was a stillborn for the first like couple minutes of my life. Uh, like when I was born, I wasn't screaming. My skin was like grayish blue. Like the doctor was like, oh my God, I think this is a stillborn. Like she said, everyone in the hospital room was freaking her out. It freaked her out. And my mom just told me that story when I was a, a bit older and I like kind of put two and two together because I started listening to heavy metal and dressing gothic when I was like nine years old. <laughs> so by age 10, when she told me that story, I was like, oh, it's so fitting. I was like, born dead that really suits me so I just named the band living dead girl because it was like a personal nod to my own upbringing but also like it kind of is very self-explanatory like I thought the name living dead girl right off the bat you know okay it's gonna be a female fronted metal band like it just kind of introduces it properly so yeah I just got it from that personal story everyone thinks I took it from somewhere else but I came up with the band name when I was like 14 or 15 years old that was that was where I got it from it's perfect um, so you didn't have any other names in the running? There were a few things I was kind of juggling. Like I was just like writing down like lists of different like adjectives and different things and like nothing else was sticking. Cause I remember I had band members when I was first trying to make a band when I was like 15 who were like, I don't like the name Living Dead Girl. I think it's stupid. So I did try coming up with other things, trying to please everyone. But in the long run, those people didn't even stick around anyway. So I'm glad I ended up going with the name that I liked 
and not changing it because other people didn't like it. Um, so is it true that you formed the band by going to Tinder? Now, this is, <laughs> I've never heard of anything quite like this, but it's very resourceful. I did. Yeah. I lived in a small town in Ontario where all the musicians who like were really good and really talented were already in bands. They didn't have time to join a band or else they weren't even in the same genre that I was looking to do. Like it was a small town and my options were very limited. And I was trying to ask people in my school, but there was no one else. Like I was the only goth kid at a Catholic school of 1500 people. So trying to find anyone that wanted to make a metal band with me was very difficult. I tried doing listings on Kijiji, which is like the Canadian Craigslist. And that ended up being really sketchy. So I ended up not going that route. And I was like, how else can I meet people? Like I was like 15, 16 years old. So I downloaded Tinder and swiped right on every single dude that said he was a musician or any guy that was holding a guitar. And then that's actually where I found Jordan, who's still in the band today. And that's like our funny story when people are like, how have you guys been in a band so long? Where'd you meet? Like we met when we were 16 on Tinder. Living Dead Girl has been going for about six years now and you're seeing success, which is wonderful. I've been enjoying your videos and music. Um, so what is your ultimate goal? The ultimate goal would be to tour the entire world. That is like my biggest thing in life as I am obsessed with traveling. I've already gotten to see a lot more places than I ever would have if I wasn't in a band. So many random states and cities and been all over the place. But really the goal is to tour internationally. We want to do like Europe and Asia and Australia. Like we, I want to hit every single continent if we can. Um, so I just want to be able to travel, do this full time. I want to reach the point where like, if like 10 year old Molly saw me now, like she'd be like, oh my God, that girl is so cool. I want to be her when I grow up. Like I want to be the rock star that I wanted to be when I was a child. So who are some of the women that you looked up to as a, as a girl and wanting to do what you do now? My first love was Avril Lavigne because I discovered her when I was only like three or four years old because she was hugely popular at the time, obviously. Um, and also she's from Canada, just like I am. She's from a small town, like an hour away from where I'm from. So that was kind of my first introduction to, okay, if this girl from a small town in the middle of nowhere in Canada can be like this huge superstar, like that really encouraged me. I was like, okay, it doesn't matter that I'm not from Los Angeles with rich parents and that I live in the middle of nowhere in Canada. It's like, she kind of like inspired me that, okay, this is possible. And then as I got older and started listening more to like rock and metal and kind of getting away from pop music, um, I started listening to Hailstorm when I was in high school. I love Lizzie Hale. I've met her a few times and she is like the sweetest human. So I love Hailstorm a lot. I love Taylor Momsen from The Pretty Reckless. Um, a more recent discovering of mine is Lilith Sarr. I love her so much as well. Tell me a little bit about meeting some of your heroes or inspirations. I did meet Avril Lavigne. And it was really embarrassing because I cried the whole time. Oh. <laughs> but I was also like 15 years old. If I met her now, I probably would not cry. And I did meet her very briefly, like two other times, but so quickly, I barely even got to speak to her. I basically just said hi. But I met her a couple times now. And even I'm at the point where every time I'm in the front row of her concerts, I can tell she recognizes me because like she'll make eye contact and wave and stuff. Like I can just like tell she knows who I am at this point. And that always makes me really happy because it's nice to know like myself as a musician when I'm touring, I do recognize people just from city to city. If they come back on the next tour, they come to more than one show, but I'm playing a much smaller scale than someone like Avril Lavigne. So it did feel really good to me. Like when I met her again and like, she knew who I was, like, it's nice to feel appreciated by the people that you've supported for so long and that you've looked up to. Um, I've also met like a lot of other bands. Like, like I'm friends with like the guys in like star set breaking Benjamin, motionless and white, 
I've, I've met a lot of musicians and all of them have been super kind and down to earth. And that's always really nice to see that the people that you listen to are actually nice humans, you know? Yeah, definitely. So you have now um, Not That Innocent, an EP of covers. And mm. so how much do you decide which songs to cover? Is it because they're within your vocal range or you love the songs or you thought you could put something different on it? I'm curious to know how that came about. It was really just the songs that I love. I wasn't even thinking, how can we make this metal when I was, when I was thinking of them? I just thought, okay, what are the first songs I personally think of when I'm like, Picturing, okay, when I was five years old, dancing around my living room, performing to my stuffed animals, what songs <laughs> was I singing? And like the two most obvious choices for me were Skater Boy and Come Clean. Um, and then Get the Party Started, my mom told me it was my favorite song when I was like three years old. She said, I would always say, mom, play the birthday song. I don't know why I called it the birthday song, but I would always <laughs> sing that song constantly when I was like three years old. Then that one, and then Oops, I Did It Again and Fighter. Those weren't necessarily my favorite songs, but they were songs that I remember as being so prominent in my childhood. Like I heard them everywhere I went, like back in the day when there was commercials on TV for like downloading ringtones and like MTV watching music videos. I really remember those two songs as well. So I kind of just picked like the top five songs that I thought were like nostalgic for me and anyone else in my age range. You mentioned Come Clean, the Hillary Duff song. And um, I looked at your... um instagram and facebook the other day and you had posted some behind the scenes video of you sustaining a scream which is very impressive it was really ear shattering in a wonderful way um so uh, as a singer your voice is your instrument so do you take um precautions with it to preserve it and protect it when you're not on stage or recording oh yeah i'm in the habit right now of never drinking cold water, which is very difficult because I live in Florida and it is hot as hell here. <laughs> my local coach was, he was giving me trouble for, we had a like Zoom lesson and I was sipping water and he's like, what you drinking there? And I was like, cold water. And he's like, don't drink cold water. So I've trained myself to enjoy the disgusting taste of room temperature or boiled water, uh. even when I'm not on tour, just to keep my throat feeling good. Um, I've got like a special throat coat tea. I take zinc tablets. They're really good for vocal cords. I have like a whole regimen. Like I have a daily exercise I do, even when I'm not on tour, it's like an hour long a day minimum of me training my voice. I have this like special device that like is a vocal cord massager that you just like vocalize into and it has like a resistance. Like you sing into the water and like bubbles. Hmm. Like I have like a whole workout routine just for my throat basically. Um, Well, you have gotten a lot of press from Billboard to Hustler. (laughs) So what's one of the most surprising things you've ever read about yourself? I mean, when Hustler magazine called me the hottest rock chick they've seen in years, that like made my entire year. Like that was quite a title to receive. And from that publication of any, that made, that made my life. Um, So that was pretty cool. I've, I've read some articles that were things are like kind of inaccurate. Like I'll read it and be like, I did that. Like I've seen ones where it was like, oh, Molly, like did this when she was 18 and then she moved to Los Angeles and then she like I'll just like read articles that just have like some story and I'm like none of that happened (laughs) that's happened a couple times where I'm like okay or people think I'm like from Orlando because I live here now or I've just like read like little biographical details on myself a few times where I'm like who wrote this (laughs) do you reach out to correct or do you just let it go I do yeah just just so there's nothing false out there well, you're about to kick off your Not That Innocent tour. So what's new in the show and uh, where are you going to be touring? We've changed up the set list, which is a luxury to be able to do because having released only one album previously, 
like before this EP, you don't have much option for changing your set list. You kind of just have a very small discography. So now that we have the EP, we were able to add some new songs to it, which is just refreshing because not that I ever get bored of my music or sick of it by any means, but just being able to change up the show is, I know it's exciting for the people who have seen us more than one time already, which mm -hmm. a lot of people are like repeat, repeat people who come to the same shows over and over. Um, so it's exciting for them and it's exciting for us. So we've changed up the set list. We've been changing up our outfits a bit, kind of going from the exorcism era to the not that innocent era, just changing up the look a little bit. Um, and where we are going, we're starting in South Carolina and we're just going up the coast there, like to Virginia and Pennsylvania. And then we're just like doing a loop across. To, we, we routed this tour around a festival in Detroit that we're playing with the convalescence. So we're like going up from Florida all the way over to Detroit. And then it ends in Cincinnati. Um, let's give a shout out to your band. Who's in the lineup that's going on the road? We have Jordan Storing on bass. He's the only other original member with me that one I met on Tinder in high school. So he is our bassist. Um, he still lives in Canada, but he always flies down for our, for our tours. So he's very dedicated. <laughs> and then uh, we've got Steve Haining, who's actually my fiance on drums. He was a touring drummer for years. He was like, I'm in retirement. I'm not a drummer anymore. And then we needed a drummer and he was like, okay, what the heck? I'll be your drummer. And then our newest addition is Johnny Law, the guitarist. And he's an incredibly talented player. He lives in Vegas and also has to fly to Florida for all of our tours. So they're all really hardworking, talented musicians. I'm really grateful that we have the group that we do. Yeah, and your fiance takes some wonderful photos of you. He's also an extremely talented photographer, isn't he? He is, yeah, thank you. He's. His main job as photographer is just, he also happened to be a drummer. Um, before you go, I would love for you to share your own personal rock and roll nightmare. Uh, my biggest fear as a musician and just as a person who's anxious in general is always the what can go wrong. We've had shows before where I've like ran on stage and like my microphone was, like my wireless microphone was dead and I oh. just start singing and there's no sound. So now that that's happened to me like two or three times, like, before I get on stage now, I'm always nervous. And I'm not even nervous about my band or my performance. I'm always nervous about the tech stuff not working. That's my rock and roll nightmare. So what's the best place to find and follow you and the band online? We have an official website, livingdeadgirl.ca. That's where you can find tour dates, merch, new releases, everything. But on social media, we are Living Dead Girl Band on Facebook and Living Dead Girl Official on Instagram. On Twitter, we are LD. LDG band official and on YouTube we are living dead girl official excellent well thanks Molly I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me thank you for having me This concludes another episode of Rock and Roll Nightmares. I'm your host, Stacey Lane Wilson. The theme song, Out for Blood, is composed and sung by Lars with a Z, Cabot, and the band is Fuzzbuster. This is an indie podcast, so your subscriptions and ratings are really important. Thank you for joining me, and until next time... <laughs>